What is going on, Hooniverse Podcast listeners? I'm your host, Jeff, and this is episode 161, I believe. Pretty sure this time. Uh, first off, I wanted to apologize for the audio on the last episode. Mr. Zach Clapman was still learning the equipment. Uh, he was filling in for Chris Hayes, who's really busy. But he's learning his stuff. He's taking lessons from Chris. And we're going to have him on a whole lot more in the near future. And you seem to really enjoy him. And I love having him on as a guest and co-host. So we're going to work work that out to get him on more often. And Chris actually has a lot going on right now with some of his other companies. So it's going to work out well in our favor um, to to get him on and uh, get him on there more often. So that'll be good. But that's not what's happening right now. Right now, this is a solo effort. Um, So let's dive in. Actually, before we dive in, I want to take a moment to talk to you all about Patreon. You knew this was coming, but it's finally up. Uh, I'm going to tell you all that it feels really awkward to ask you guys for money. But that's how the internet is these days. Um, That's the way a lot of these things work. People are able to support content creators through this crazy thing called Patreon. And there are other ways out there. But this one seems to be the one that works the best. I'm going to pull up the URL right now because I forget it because I'm an idiot who's unprepared. Oh, it's very easy. It's Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Hooniverse podcast. So Patreon.com slash Hooniverse podcast. And... I'm not upset if you don't want to support this. So let me put that out there. I'm, I, you know, not everybody has cash to spare. This is a free thing, and it's something I hope you all enjoy. But if you are able to, it'd be great to help us out and give us something extra. There are things you waste your money on on a monthly basis, basis so why not waste it on us, uh, even though I don't really consider it uh, wasting. You know, as Why should you consider it a waste? Because this is fun, and, and we like talking to you all. Additionally, even if you don't want to give money, you should go there anyway because I posted the video of the Patreon video and it has the Hoon Truck Burnout, which is what I've been talking about. So even if you don't want to give us the money, which is fine, we're still friends, go there and watch the Hoon Truck Burnout. Stay till the end of the video because I show the other burnouts I attempted and I'll just say the words Axel Hop it was nuts. The, it, I thought you can see the video why I thought I was uh, potentially about to break my truck, but I didn't. So there's that. Uh, enough of that for now, though. For fair warning, I'll probably be plugging this in the future episodes, but at the end of the episode, just like as a hey, don't forget to go to Patreon if you haven't already done so. So let's move on. So I'm going to start this almost old school. Actually, first, even more old school, I'm going to talk about the beer I'm drinking tonight. Uh, This was a gift from reader Ryan Kelly. Uh, This is from Treehouse Brewing, which is a beer I should know, a brewery I should know more about, but I don't. But it's a Massachusetts-based brewery, Monsoon, Massachusetts. And people back east, I think, are really into Treehouse, so that's a good thing. Um, The one I'm drinking right now is an American IPA called Sap. I had the other two that he sent. He sent Julius, and I can't remember the name of the other one. Uh, Julius was pretty amazing. This one so far, drinking right out of the can. Very tasty stuff. So when you hear me pause, it's because I'm drinking good beer. He sent it to the smoking tire office, which is why we didn't find it for a while. And they didn't know what to do with it. So they stuck it in the corner on the fridge. I didn't know to look on top of the fridge because the beer is usually in the fridge. But whatever. I've got it. So we're good. So now on to 
actual news. <clears throat> Looks like uh, somebody driving a Koenigsegg one-to-one crashed at the Nürburgring. The driver was unhurt, but the car looks pretty damn toasted. Um, and then the folks at Bridge to Gantry, who know mostly everything about the ring, speculate that something went wrong based on the photo, uh, actually from video, of the car where it went off. It's basically straight skid marks going straight off track through a corner into a barrier. Um, so they're speculating that the rear brakes locked up or ABS failed or something happened where... The driver lost control of the car in an odd manner because it wasn't spinning. It wasn't, you know, it just went straight off. Uh, and that's crazy. It's good to hear the driver's hurt. Un- sorry, it's good to hear the driver is unhurt. It sucks that one of the seven one-to-ones is potentially totaled. I- I'm assuming with a car like that, Koenigsegg has a way to fix it. Um, because as I guess as long as the tub is fine, which I would assume the tub is okay, but honestly, I don't know. There are clearly aren't a lot of details out there about this one but you know wait and see we'll see what happens in other news uh mr matt leblanc joey tribbiani just bought a ford focus rs i mean if you don't think this guy's a car guy by now you're you're clearly wrong and i don't it doesn't feel like it's a stunt i mean i think this is the guy can afford a lot of different cars you know all that friends money those guys those folks made bank but It seems like a legit car guy. And then he even showed the – it was Ken Block who showed the picture of him with the car because, of course, he put a Hoonigan license plate on it, which is hilarious. I mean a car that has drift mode though probably deserves that license plate frame. So that's that's pretty good. Good – cheers to you, Mr. Top Gear host, Matt LeBlanc. How you doing? You're doing well. Um, Now to something else, pseudo-performancy. There's a video going out around the last few weeks. Hyundai showing off a camoed car. It looks just like an i30, but who knows? Um, it's most likely an i30 or an Elantra or something. It's to show off their new N Performance brand. And the idea of the clip is to get you all excited about the exhaust noise. Now, I just read a post before I came on here uh, where Justin Westbrook from Jalopnik doesn't seem as thrilled about this noise as you would expect him to. Um, just, you know, enthusiast blog, but I feel the same way. It feels like the engine is trying too hard. And I think this could be finally be the point where all those exhaust pops and snarls, this is where they, so to speak, jump the shark a little bit. Um, because they've always been pretty forced. It's basically shooting an extra bit of fuel into the exhaust to get them to explode. Uh, and in a car like this, I mean, if this isn't a Lantra that just makes crazy noise, that is, that's dumb. Uh, I'm not a huge fan, even the, like the Fiat 500 Abarth. I don't love that car and people love that car and they, they're fooled into thinking it's a performance car and they do actually believe it. Um, just because it makes that crazy noise and the noise, it is fun. I don't, I don't hate it. It's fun, but it's, it, you know, that's, there's cars that aren't making that noise that are faster in that same class. So I, I, I'm going to wait to make my final verdict of just what's going on with this end performance car. But from that video, that video didn't get me excited. It just had me asking a lot of questions like what is actually going on here? What sort of engine do we have? Um, and it just, it felt very, the noise feels forced and I just, you, you know, you hate, you hate forced noise. So, you know, what are you going to do? But moving off from the news, um, this past week, 
last Wednesday through Friday, I was up in Seattle to drive a new vehicle. I was in that wonderful city to drive the Infiniti QX30. And before I get to the car, Seattle, you are gorgeous. That is that is just an absolutely lovely part of the country. And I mean, maybe I, I was fortunate because I was there when it was, you know, low to mid seventies, perfectly sunny with some just wonderfully placed clouds in the background, no rain, no humidity. Uh, the drive route took us outside the city, and to get back into the city, we put the cars on a ferry. So you take that ferry to come into the city on a good day. Oh, it's just, it's just it's perfect. It's perfect, perfect. It was lovely. I even took a picture of this really cool old motorcycle somebody was driving or riding, and then you know popped on the ferry with. If you go to my Instagram, you'll see it at Hooniverse Jeff. It's you know like four or five pictures ago. Whatever. If you scroll through, it'll be the the most recent motorcycle pic because I don't have a lot of those. But back to the car. So this is essentially the Mercedes-Benz GLA. Uh, GLC. No, G. yeah, GLA. I'm already forgetting because my brain is being warped. It's a, it's a Mercedes underneath. Um, is it GLC, right? Yeah, it's the GLC. Sorry, it's the GLC. This, the, everybody's naming conventions are so stupid, infinity included. All this alphanumeric, I hate it so much. But the Mercedes, so it's a Mercedes underneath. If you open the hood, if you, you can find the Mercedes star in one of the belts. Uh, if you really dive into the engine, you'll find some Mercedes stuff. So you can see a lot of the Mercedes. On the outside, it doesn't look like a Mercedes. It looks 100% infinity. That body is infinity. When you get inside, it looks Mercedes again. The steering wheel is lifted straight from a Mercedes. The gauges are Mercedes. The seat controls are Mercedes. The switch to control the information and entertainment is infinity, the screen is infinity, and it's more nicely done than the Mercedes because it's not tacked on like an iPad, fake iPad. It's actually set into the center console. But everything else in there is pretty much Mercedes. Now, under the skin, Infinity tuned the suspension their way. They tuned the um, they tuned the transmission their way. They tuned the steering their way. They adjusted throttle tip in their way. So they did things to be like, you know what? We want to make this more of an infinity driving experience. The seats are not Mercedes seats. The seats are infinity seats. It's infinity's version of Nissan's zero gravity seats. And I forget what infinity is calling them, but they're called like super spinal savers. I don't remember the exact name, but it's not zero G, but it is basically the Nissan zero G seat. So if you like those seats, you're going to love the seats in the QX 30. And I do like those seats a lot. So these seats were great. Now there, there are three versions. There are three basic versions of the QX 30. There's the base front wheel drive one, which is then offered in a base premium or luxury, I believe. Then there's the sport, the QX 30 sport. And then there is the infinity QX 30 all-wheel drive, which then also gets either a luxury or premium trim. Um, All three of those have different front and rear fascias. The sport model is over is 0.6 inches lower than the base model. The all-wheel drive one is 1.2 inches higher than the base model. So there's three different heights. The sport one has an aggressive sporty fascia. The all-wheel drive one has an almost Audi all-road-ish Volvo cross-country look with its front and rear fascias where it has that metallic trim on the bottom. It also gets a little bit over... um, just gray or black over fenders and different side sills. And then it also gets roof racks, which actually it looks good for, you know, going after that segment, whereas the sport one looks appropriately sporty. And then you can tell like, Oh, that's the base one. Um, 
but they did a good job of really differentiating the trims. Now, the one thing I really liked is that the Sport one, the steering tuning, so it's all electronic power steering, but the Sport tuning on the um, the Sport doesn't have any of that rubbery deadness that these E-Pass systems have on center. You go back to the all-wheel drive one, and it's there, um, but the, the steering isn't bad. But then you get into the sport one, and you realize what you can do with electronic power steering, and then you start thinking, well, why don't they take this one a step further and make this the base because it was just it, – it, it was a refreshingly tuned uh, electronic power steering system. Um, and I wish I had driven the all-wheel drive one first and then got into the sport because I, the whole time, the rest of the time I was in the all-wheel drive, I was wishing I was back in the sport. Um, under the hood is that Mercedes two liter inline four turbo. It does 208 horse, 258 torque. And then there's a seven speed dual clutch gearbox in there. So interestingly enough, No, the car is interesting enough, but the segment, this premium compact crossover segment is pretty boring. I mean, there's the BMW X1, there's the Audi Q3, there's the Mercedes GL, whatever, whatever the fuck, which one it is this now, this infinity QX30. It's basically just going to be about brand loyalty at this point, or you could find someone who's moving up and doesn't know enough about three brands where they could be swayed by the styling of the infinity, but still people, you know, in most areas of the country, people long to hop into, um, one of the three Germans. That's just how it is. Um, but the infinity is just as good. And then probably once you start pricing them out is a better, you know, um, a better buy on paper. And then none of them, none of them are going to blow you away from the, the, uh, driving standpoint. The Q3 isn't bad. Um, but to be honest, my CX five drives as nice as all of them. This, my, the steering and handling in my CX five, I believe is better, but then, you know, engine and transmissions and then interior packaging and all these other ones, it's much nicer, but price wise, we're dealing with very, very different vehicles. Those are double the price of my, what we paid for my Mazda. So infinity QX 30, interesting enough, but the compact crossover luxury segment isn't really doing much for me at the moment. Somebody needs to do something to really like change the game there, even though, I mean, you know how they would do that if they built a wagon, that would, that would be the way to do it. Um, so moving away from the infinity, uh, this week, uh, actually, as you're listening to this, probably I'm on a plane on the way to Atlanta. And I told you in the last podcast that I was super excited because I was finally going to get to drive road Atlanta. Well, I read the invite wrong. I'm not going to Road Atlanta. I'm going to Atlanta Motorsports Park. And those are two very different racing circuits. I've driven AMP, and it's a fine, lovely circuit. In fact, it's designed by that guy, Tilke, who does uh, Formula One tracks. I think he did Coda, or he does some Formula One tracks. I don't know if it was Coda specifically. But I wanted to drive Road Atlanta. Road Atlanta is a world-class, wonderful, amazing, historic, just you got to drive it, bucket list track. And I read the invite wrong. Now, don't feel bad for me. Not that you did. Um, but yeah, AMP, much twistier and curvier, but there's some good elevation changes there and it'll be good. And it's the Grand Sport Corvette, which is usually one of the better driving Corvettes in the lineup of Corvettes in a given generation. Um, the last Grand Sport was great because you get all the, the Z06 handling goodies with the more manageable 
standard engine. And now the C7 is a wonderful, wonderful vehicle in all versions of it. Um, the, yeah, C7. I thought I said Z07 for a second. So the Grand Sport should just continue the tradition of being a great driving Corvette. So I'm very much looking forward to this. One thing I'm not looking forward to as I take a sip of my beer is the goddamn weather. It is supposed to be hot and humid as fuck out there. So that'll be awful, but everything else will be awesome. Like so humid where it's thunderstorms all the time, potential, but then it's not. You're just sweating and it's, I don't know, it's going to be ridiculous. But yeah, what was me? Um, in some Hoon Truck news, I finally have had the audio system installed and it's awesome. Uh, I'm still working on shooting video of the new system. So that's not up yet, but you know I'll let you guys all know when that happens. But it sounds it sounds fantastic. I love it. It sounds so good. And I, I I'm one of these people where I gotta have music when I'm driving the car, and I haven't had it in the truck, and it's a bit of a bummer. Um, but I have it now, and I'm super happy um, that it's in there. We didn't have room the the installers. It was installed Beach Auto Sound in Huntington Beach, um, which I guess has been there since 1980, which is a long time now. <clears throat> The there wasn't enough room to fit everything because I have not relocated my uh, fuel tank. It is still in the the cab where it really needs to wind up in the bed of the truck. So we didn't put the six by nines in. There wasn't room for them. But I have component speakers. There's tweeters and component speakers in the doors. They look good. There are two subs hidden under the seat, powered subs that are nice and it's not overly bassy. It's really nice and smooth. And then there is the head unit. And you're all going to hate this head unit. I, I accept that now, but it's not your truck. It's my truck. You're going to hate it because it's modern and it looks out of place. And it's even a little bit ugly, but I do really love it. The functionality is awesome. And I don't care. Like I said, it's my truck. Hate on it. I'll take the hate once you see it. But I love the fact that it has a, it's a fold-out unit, so it has the screen that comes out. And I know some of you are just like, oh, what? Whatever. Um, it's got Bluetooth, which is great because you got to be hands-free these days. And it's especially important in that truck if I take a call. Um, it has nav, which is pretty sick. It has um, – it can do satellite radio. I think I just need to get an account. It can do Pandora and Bluetooth audio through my phone. I think it can play movies if I hook that up. But obviously I'm not going to hook that up to watch movies um, while I'm driving. Uh, you know, it just it can do a lot of cool things, so I'm happy with it. Once I hook up the rear view camera, when I get my roll pan installed, it will also do that. A backup camera? That's awesome. That truck, it, that would be very helpful. And I know there's a lot of you, oh, you don't need a backup camera. You just uh, you look over your shoulder. And I'm fine. I don't need a backup camera, but it would be nice to have it if it's available. And I, and I have the camera. I just need a place to install it and then run the wires and hook it up because the system runs it. So the system is awesome. It sounds great. I love it. And then again, I reiterate, you're all going to hate how it looks, but whatever. The install on the doors is very clean for the speakers. They did an awesome job there. So I'm super duper happy about that. From from here, and I know some of you have responded to the fact that I need to do the valve seals, which I've mentioned. Um, uh, yeah, that's going to be happening soon. And thank you for your email input, those of you who have emailed me to give me advice on when you're doing the valve seals. Um, but I, I don't have time to do them yet, but we're going to do them soon because it needs to be done. So what do we got coming up car-wise? Uh, right now, this week, I'm driving the Fiat 124 Spider. 
I was super excited to get into this car. And I picked it up at the airport, which is always a, a pretty fun way to – it's one of those spoiled auto journalist things. Uh, so I pick up – if I'm flying back into my home airport, which is John Wayne, I pick up and drop off cars at the valet, which is like right outside where you drop people off. It's it's awesome. It's, uh, it's, it's for all the rich people in Orange County who park there. I'm not that, but I get to use it because that's how they handle the drop-off and delivery, uh, delivery and return of these cars when I am traveling. So at the airport, waiting for me when I get back is a red, bright red, black top Fiat 124 Spider. It's pretty cool because you know, it's, anytime you get to drive a car that there's those other cars or examples of it out, aren't out on the road yet, that's extra fun. Um, now I get inside of it, and it was the Lusso trim, which I was like, all right, I was hoping to get the Abarth or something, you know. And I get inside, and it has an automatic gearbox, which is bum 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 bum. So, but you can. Um, it doesn't have paddles on the steering wheel, which sucks, but the, the shifter itself, you slide it over to the left, and you can do back and forth to, to change gears manually. The great thing with this is they put in the correct orientation. Back for upshift, forward for downshift. That, folks, is the way it is mother-effing supposed to be. Everyone who doesn't do it that right, which is a lot of people, get it wrong. It is supposed to be back to upshift, like you are in a race car, so you can pretend to be in a race car. Uh, everything else about the car is, I mean, just it, when you're inside of it, it feels like a Miata. Uh, all the switch gear, the gauges, all that stuff, it feels very Miata. Um, when you get out, obviously, it looks different. So it it's, drives like a Miata. It feels a little bit heavier, um, but it has, all the, it has the turbo noise, which is very odd because you're not used to that in that car. So it's, it's interesting. I, I got a little more time with it. Uh, before I fly out, and I, I got to collect some more thoughts on it. Um, after that, when I get back from Atlanta, I'm hopping into the Volvo S60 Inscription. I'm actually really curious about this car because I have not driven any Inscription level Volvos, and I'm, I think Inscription is like their top luxury trim stuff. So I'm just curious about that. I like the S60 as a vehicle. Um, after that, uh, my wife and daughter and I are heading to the East Coast for a road trip. We'll be going from Virginia all the way up to New England. So it should be a good road trip. We're doing it in an Audi Q7. So that's a good car for a road trip in terms of comfort and swallowing luggage and doing fine on gas and just being a nice, comfy cruiser. It's not the Hellcat that I'd hoped it would be, which was the actual honest-to-goodness plan for this road trip, but it just didn't work out. And, I mean, that's a tall ask of any automaker, but it's happening with the Q7, and that's more than a wonderful replacement. Once I get back, I hop into the Honda Ridgeline which is another vehicle I'm supremely curious about, a Honda truck we haven't seen on the road in a while. And this one looks very interesting. Um, Sip of beer. There's a lot of unique things they did here, and uh, I'm just curious if this is basically going to be like the crossover of pickups where it's essentially a car, but it's made into pickup form, or is it an actual truck? Or So that'll be... uh, It'll it'll be it'll be an interesting week with that one, and then right after that, another Honda jumping into the Civic Coupe, which obviously I'm super curious about the Civic Coupe. I liked the sedan, um, but I'm more curious about the coupe. Obviously, I, I'm eager to see the performance variants, the SI and the eventual Type R, which it feels like we've been waiting on the Type R forever now. Um, but after that is the Cadillac CT6. To be totally honest, I'm most interested in just seeing the 32 speaker sound system inside this thing. Um, <laughs> nothing else about it really excites me. Um, I don't know. Cadillac is doing some cool things, but I don't think the CT5 and CT6 are where I get excited. So 
But after that is the Infinity Q50 Red Sport 400. I'm sure I got the order of that name wrong, but I drove this already on a first drive and I've been dying to schedule it to get a full week with it because it is a super duper awesome burnout machine and i'm gonna have tons of fun with it and the video is gonna be awesome so that'll be great uh working on but not scheduled yet i'm working on getting my hands on the mclaren 570s uh something from caterham which will be amazing and the bentley bentega because i got to experience this, and I love ugly cars. So, Additionally, uh, one of my friends has an old Bronco that we might shoot video with because it sounds wicked. And then we're going to be doing some other videos that are more wrenching-focused and not drive-focused. So that, I think, a lot of you will like. I think you'll get a kick out of that. Uh, But I'm going to hop onto Facebook and Twitter and see what you crazy bastards... um, might have been asking me because I posed you some questions. Or I, I said, ask me questions. I didn't pose you questions. Let's see here. All right. Let's pop over to um, – all right. Scrolling down, scrolling down, scrolling down, scrolling down. A lot of questions tonight. All right. Um, all right. Jonathan Klein says, I could have stopped by. Well, I'm not at the studio. And then at Digital Neil, question one, why didn't you let Jonathan Klein stop by? That's pretty funny. I laughed. At petrol underscore head, what car modifying trend are you happy is gone or what current trend are you looking for to be gone? Um, the stupid cambered stance, no question. I mean, that's easy. I, I I don't mind lowered cars and tucked wheels, but when you're just basically ruining your car for the sake of ruining your car, it's, it's the hipsterism of cars. It's being cool to be different and it just looks fucking stupid. Um, all offense intended to those of you who, who do that. Uh, at Rory Carroll, what specifically is it about you that has repelled potential guests? Um, I think I need a haircut. At Lamar underscore Augusty, do you think I'll be able to find a cheap, not trashed Enemiata in 10 years for a reasonable amount of money? I mean, you probably find like, yeah, I think so. I think so. I don't think Miatas are ever going to just like rock skyrocket in value Um, unless like gas is outlawed and every car shoots up in value. I think you'll still be able to find relatively cared daily driven NA Miatas in 10 years. Uh, Brendan McAleer, who was a wonderful writer, you should all be paying attention to at Brendan underscore McAleer. Why don't you get the kind of equipment where people can call in so you can podcast with your guests, not in studio. I mean, we probably could do that. I just, I, don't love the sound quality for that, even though there's every other podcast does that and it sounds fine. So maybe we're going to, I might have to start doing that. Shut up, Brendan. Um, at midnight Derifto publication with the best drivers on staff. That is a good question. I mean, I'd love to say Hooniverse, but that's probably not totally true. Um, Hmm. Right now, some of the motor trend guys can drive well. Um, I was shocked when I was, you know, who's I didn't expect to be as good a driver as he was, was Aaron Robinson. Who's been on the spoken tire podcast, a bunch from, um, uh, car and driver. Yeah. He can, he can drive the shit out of a car. Um, but Camisa is a great driver. Carlos is a good driver. Technically Randy Popes, if he's on their staff, I mean, I might have to claim that Duncan is on our staff. Um, who else is good out there? I mean, road and track. Cause you know, Baruth, no matter what you think about Baruth, the dude can drive and his brother Mark can drive. And they also got Travis Okulski who can drive real well. Um, oh, and Sam Smith is on there too. So, uh, you know, it's probably road and track. Actually, it's it's probably road and track. Um, the, all the British publications think they're the best drivers though. Um, all right. 
at CBR Dino. What's up with the Wombat? Do I need to go there and finish it? Yes, you do. What's taking so long? Glad you got beers from Ryan, my friend. Yes, I'm drinking some right now. Yes, if someone wants to go there and finish it. Um, he just had to let a few people go at Scared Shiftless, and he's trying to get more on staff. So if you need a job and want specifically to work on my Wombat, go talk to them. Um, oh, at Loping Camshaft. Call in slash Skype show suck. Bad audio, connection lag, etc. So there you go. Uh, someone said, oh, at Loving Camshaft, talk about your illustrious Top Gear career. I really got to get one of those guys on. Um, it was fun. I just worked this past season. I basically, all of the information of all of the cars they drove, I provide, I wrote it. Um, it's a weird show where it's a non-Writers Guild show, so I can't be listed as a writer, but I'm not in the Writers Guild anyway. That's why the title is Consulting Producer, um, and it, I think Consulting Producer sounds super interesting or important when it might not be. Um, but yeah, so they actually use some of the stuff I wrote. Which So the first few episodes, I was watching with my notes to see if they said things that I wrote, and they did, so it was cool. It felt really good to see that, and um, that was great. I hope some other network picks them up, because I, th- re- I really think, I mean, I think the, the three have the chemistry, and the production value is super high this season. If you if you're still holding off and not watching TGUSA, you missed out because the production, well, yeah, I mean, you can still go watch it, but the production value this season was, has been awesome, and you should give it a shot, especially because I was part of it. Uh, at Sterling Ma- at SZ Matheson, is a bale of hay still a bale of hay if you remove one straw? How do you define a thing? That is a very philosophical question, and I don't. I need a guess to get philosophical. At Nofo Mariner, when are we going to see more how-to videos, specifically with Tim's Wagoneer? So. More how-to videos are coming very soon, but not with the Wagoneer because the Wagoneer has been sold. Um, will they will involve our new Ranchero race car, my truck, and some other vehicles in Tim's fleet? Uh, at Long DX Commuter, what is your ultimate sleeper getaway car? Also, why are clowns so scary? Hold on, I got to move this because this podcast is about to run into something that I don't want it to run into. I got to add more video length. Yeah, this is a boring thing. Let's see. This is what happens when you're also producing your own show at the same time, kitties. Um, let's see. Just give me a second here. Adjusting. Yep. Adjusting. 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 All right. And then we'll delete you. You're getting behind the scenes in production values, even though you're really not. Okay. So what is your ultimate sleeper getaway car? Also, why are clowns so scary? I don't find clowns scary, though I do get it because uh, my mom used to tell me that Pennywise would sleep under my bed, and I'm, I'm not joking. She actually told me that. Um, my ultimate sleeper getaway car, you can't really count a Raptor as a sleeper, but I feel like that's a great getaway car. So uh, let me see. Ultimate sleeper getaway car. The Hellcat's too loud. Um, maybe like, you know what, you know, what's probably a good one is like, I, uh, the, the XJ, I think there's a, an R version of the XJ. It's long, it's comfortable, but it's lighter than you think. And the engine is super powerful. So there you go. At Osti Josh, if I give 25 a month, can I be on the podcast? We could talk about that, but I'd feel really bad if you paid to be on the podcast. That would be just not a smart financial move on your part. At Steph the Pef, how do you poop if you can't poop? Asking for an, oh gosh, why doesn't this work? Um, I think you just drink more coffee. I love coffee. Go with coffee. Go with coffee. And then at Shifting Lanes, you can call us next time. We'd love to podcast with you. That seems very like Top uh, top Gun pseudo-gay, but I like it and I appreciate that. Um, okay, jumping over to the Facebook questions. So let's see here. 
let's see here what we have. Um, let me open this up. All right. Uh, let's go back. Okay. Bradley Brownell, who works for us. Well, work is the wrong word because we don't really pay anybody. Uh, why does Hooniverse have four podcasts and why are they all awesome? It's because, I mean, you answered your own question because they're Hooniverse podcast and bradley is one of the guys from camden tubbed which you should all listen to we also have our motorcycle podcast which is awesome and then now they've added a new one that's motorsports focused and we might be transitioning the stuff i was trying to do with the race recap onto them because they know way more about motorsports than i do it's called dfl um and we'll be promoting that more as it gets up and, and kicking ass so stay tuned to, for hearing for to hear more about dfl um Let's see. Next question from Jake Elwood. I would love to hear more about the Hoon truck, like future plans and stuff. Um, future plans right now are just fixing the engine. But beyond that, what I'd like to do is eventually, once I get the engine running well, I, I kind of think that because compression is down in eight, I think the engine has a limited timeline as it sits. My goal would be to drive it till it pops or have enough money set aside or have someone come to me and be like, oh, let's do this now. And then maybe stroke the engine a little bit, put in a beefier cam. Um, I want to change the pedals out for an actual pedal box. At that point, I'd probably get the, someone makes, you don't have to change the front beams, but they make something to lower the truck a little bit. So I don't want to slam it or anything stupid, but maybe just lower it a little bit, stiffen up the suspension. And then if I'm doing all that, I'd probably go with much, much more aggressive brakes, um, and then just turn it into like a street cruising muscle truck that I can do burnouts and drifts and dumb shit in. That'd be the ultimate plan for that truck. But at the moment, the plan is to just get it running clean and keep it that way for a little bit. That's the plan right now. Um, so Ryan Kelly, who gave me the beer, Julius or Hetty? Uh, Hetty. I'm still Hetty Topper. Sorry. That beer is just one of the best on the planet. Um, what cars do you see that might go up in value? Tons of them. Lots of cars go up in value. Um, but I still think you, everybody should be focused on a lot of Japanese iron. I still think that's the way to go at the moment. Um, I mean, honestly, the current, not the current, but the, the past gen NSXs, even those aren't that crazy expensive yet. Um, 240Zs can still be bought and I still think they're, they have a good ways to go, um, yeah, I, I I say keep an eye out. Still keep an eye out on Japanese iron. Um, Marco Ellenstein asks, how many more years will Ford milk the F Duty series? They're still advertising them along the new F series. Um, I mean, as long as people keep buying them. <clears throat> Karamiteru Andre Bogdan, I what I what do you think about the competition in auto journalism in USA? Um, uh, the competition, I mean, I think it's for the most part friendly at a certain level, but it's also now there are so many people doing this. And I mean, I'm, I'm one who, you know, started with a blog and that's my advice for a lot of people. If you want to do this is just do it that way, but know that there is so much competition that there is so little money now. So you really have to stand out to rise to the top and make some of that money. And that's why like the Sam Smith's and the, uh, the, uh, the Travis Kolskis can get the jobs they've gotten. The Johnny Liebermans has just climbed through the ranks to an incredible position that he has. And um, they've worked hard, but they had to battle through tons of competition to get there. For the for the most part, it's good natured, but there's a tons of other shit I could tell you guys behind the scenes, which I won't in person over a beer I would, but not on the podcast, um, where there's other shit that you're just like, well, this is the there's, there's some shady fucks in this industry. 
Cars and Cactus. Those Volvo XC90 commercials are really getting me. But are they really going after gray beards with that thing? I love those commercials, but I find one thing um, kind of jarring. It throws me out of the commercial is uh, when the kid is looking at photos on his Hasselblad. Because that, I mean, that camera is probably worth as much as the goddamn Volvo that they're driving in. So, I mean, I know you can be rich and still drive an XC90, but uh, that family would be in a Range Rover. Um, Cars and Cactus. In the real world, Japanese cars are still the ones to buy for reliability and recent value, right? I mean, we just said this pretty much, but we were talking about rising value. Um, It's so many cars these days. If we're talking about brand new cars, everybody has resale value is a different thing because that's customer perception. But reliability is, is I think fairly high for most manufacturers right now. Um, yeah, I think you're fine buying not like American or, um, German or whatever. Cars and Cactus again. How can I effectively adjust my headlamps for best performance on those early mornings bombs up the mountain? Uh, you got to be careful because you don't want to be shining them in other people's faces. Uh, my best advice would be to adjust them legally but get good headlights so that they're throwing out the most in the appropriate um, direction. Nick G, drift mode. Is it just a gimmick my track day buds will laugh at as they pass me? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's probably a very, very, very fun gimmick, and I'd love to test it, but I'm sure Ford won't give us a car. I'll probably see if I can borrow Matt's. Um, is it just a gimmick? No question about it. There, I mean, there's no way that's going to make you faster on a track, so yes, you will get passed. Another question from Cars and Cactus. Electronic dashes. Are we gaining clarity or losing that analog hiss? Um, the dashes can can do a lot. I think when they're when they're well done, like what Audi is doing, they're really really well done, and and people are paying attention to what Audi is doing, much like they did with daytime running lights. Um, so as the first one gets it really right, everybody else can come along and and do really good things. So I, I think I, I I listen. I still love things that are analog but when something works really well like the um the audi display it's it's hard to argue with it and and you can present the right amount of information as little as you need as much as you want you can change it to suit the driving situation um i like it i I, i'm quite happy with analog dash uh dashes i'm sorry digital dashes so yeah that's that's me rushing through your questions so i can go uh back into my living room, finish my beer and sit with my wife to enjoy the rest of my evening. Um, hope you enjoy this solo episode of the pod, the universe podcast. Don't forget to go to that aforementioned Patreon, patreon.com slash universe podcast. Go to our YouTube channel. Uh, help us keep climbing there. We are over 26,000 now. Like me on Twitter at Jay Glucker. Follow me on Instagram at Hooniverse Jeff. Go to Hooniverse.com to read our stuff. And uh, with that, we'll see you around on the podcast. Adios.